Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. When you're trying to start a business, there's you know, a pretty long checklist of things that need to get done, uh, many of which we've talked about here on the podcast in the past, uh, from creating your corporate structure to getting financing, uh, developing your product lines, uh, securing some insurance, finding office, warehouse, or other workspace. Uh, you know, in all, starting a business is no small task whatsoever. Uh, welcome back to Chicago's Legal Latte, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and today we're going to discuss one of the things that I think probably often gets overlooked, uh, and not only in startup situations, but even in established companies. Our topic is the employee handbook, and along with my guest, attorney Lance Zebel, we're going to uh, learn about the importance of having a thorough employee handbook in place. Lance is an associate at Lavelle Law and has spoken to us in the past on a number of employment-related topics, so I know we will uh, be well-informed in our conversation today. Good afternoon, Lance. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. Glad to have you with me. Um, you know, I framed the conversation around someone starting a business, but uh, oftentimes a new business only has uh, a couple of employees, perhaps. Is is that a good time to get a handbook in place, or is it better to wait until the company grows a little bit? Well, there's never a bad time, let me put it that way. I mean, I think everybody should have one. Um ideally you want to get it out there right at the beginning that's that's a great mm-hmm. time to start it um <clears throat> it can be very simple to start um generally as companies grow more issues arise and you end up amending these things but there's certain things that are probably applicable to every business um no matter the size that you certainly want to address at the outset and then as times change and different issues arise you can amend and and change it to reflect the company's condition at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about some of those basic things that, that you feel you know everyone should should make sure is covered. What what are some of the key things that should be in an employee handbook? Well, I mean, hours of work is generally one thing. Um, vacation time, um, anti-harassment policies. Um, you know, in Illinois in particular, um, firearms provisions, medical marijuana provisions. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, you want to kind of just go through a checklist of what kind of laws are out there and how am I going to deal with them. Um, and that's a really good place to start, and, and that puts you in a pretty broad category. But, you know, you really want to nail it down to wages. When are they paid? How often is everybody paid? Um What's the overtime provisions? Um, What kind of leave policy do we have? Vacations, again, all of these things need to be addressed. There's federal and state laws that deal with these things, and probably, as you'll get to at some point, having this information there can help protect you down the road from somebody making claims. Um, One other thing you do want to have in any handbook is a discipline policy. Okay. Well, let's let's talk. And a, a couple of things that I want to get back to, and I always get to this point early in a podcast where I've got you know I'm scribbling notes here and a number of things I want to make sure we talk about. But let's let's stick with a couple of basic things first, and then get back to those topics. First of all, you know, to me this is this is sort of a, a two-sided street. The handbook, you know, tells the employee certain things, but uh, as you alluded to, it protects the employer. So let's let's talk about it from both perspectives. First of all, you know, what value does an, an employee handbook provide to the employee? 
Well, I think as far as the employee goes, it certainly sets out what the expectations are of the employee um, and what the it can expect from the employer. Um, you know, if you know your hours are 8 to 5 all the time, that's no surprise when you roll in at 9 uh, and get in trouble for that. Um, similar, if you know you're going to get paid every Friday, that's an expectation that you would have from the employer. Um, so it's good from that standpoint of look right out of the gate when you're hired, when you start, however, you know, whether it's a business or hire, bringing on a new employee. Everybody is on the kind of level playing field of what is expected of everybody in this employment relationship. Um, so from the standpoint of the employee, they know what to expect. They know what's expected of them. You know, what about the employers that sort of provide a, a different purpose for them? It can. Uh, I think, again, you, you certainly have the expectation of, you know, now you know what the employee should be doing or, or what the expectations of the employee are, and you've conveyed that to them. Um, and you've also conveyed what your position is on various things, such as tardiness, discipline policy, things of that nature. So you definitely have this, again, expectation set of within this relationship of what everybody's going to do. Now, the other side bonus of a handbook for an employer is that it can provide them with some protection if the employee comes back later and makes a claim that's covered in the handbook. You're able to point to this as a policy of the company as opposed to something that's just kind of made up on the fly. Mm -hmm. And um, how detailed should the should the employee handbook be you've you've given just in a couple of minutes here a broad range of topics and laws and things that should be covered um does it need to go into great detail in each one or just provide sort of a a sort of a overview of the company policy in some areas it can provide a very general overview um wages pretty standard thing okay we're going to pay on a certain date you don't have to get into a whole lot more than that you know if there's an direct deposit system, you can mention that in there, that that's optional. Um, <clears throat> generally, you can be fairly broad. There are a couple areas where you want to kind of nail things down. Um, when it comes to any kind of harassment policy, you want that to be very specific. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, if you are if you have a claim of harassment or feel somebody's being harassed, you need to go to X person. Um, <clears throat> you know, it can't just be you need to tell somebody. Um, you really need to designate who that person is going to be um, for certain types of leave, like um, Family Medical Leave Act leave. That's something you need to address very specifically if your business is covered by that particular statute, um, because there's time limits and numbers of days and you know, and working with the person to come back to work and notifying them that their job's going to stay the same and things of that nature, that tends to have to be a little bit more specific. Um, and then the other place that you really want to nail down is your disciplinary policy. You know, what are things that can get you terminated immediately? What are things that are subject to whatever your discipline system might be? An example, if you have a progressive discipline policy, which basically, let's just call it three strikes and you're out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, okay, tardiness is subject to progressive discipline. Theft is, could result in immediate termination. Um, sure. So you want to be somewhat specific in, in those things um, because those are the most common ones that come back later. Yeah. Um, we're getting some information from Lance Ebel of Lavelle Law today. Um, he's, he's sharing some thoughts on the purpose and the value of an employee handbook. Lance uh, provides updates like this uh, for us here on the podcast from time to time. 
and does so even more frequently by contributing some, some timely and very topical articles at lavellelaw.com. Uh, you'll find his work under the Articles tab on that website. And uh, you, you'll learn more about Lance and his practice by checking out the attorney profile as well. Um, you might also find, uh, as you go to that website, some new videos being added there, and uh, the company expands a little bit of its offerings. Now, Lance, as, as we talk about the distribution of the employee handbook, I seem to recall that um, you know usually there is a signature page that the employee signs and returns. Does that does that go to HR, and is that still a standard part of a, a employee handbook? It should be. I mean, if it's not, it should be. That's definitely something you want to have in your back pocket if you're the employer in the sense that, you know, if somebody comes back later and you have an issue that's covered by your handbook policy, you certainly want to be able to show somebody that, you know what, not you know, they not only did they get the handbook, but I know they got it. Here's the receipt and it's mm-hmm. on them to be aware of what's in the handbook. Okay. Yeah, and there's uh, that that's going to change over time. So that that leads to a few other questions, but I, I since time is always an issue here, I want to talk about one thing in in particular. You talked about ways in which um, the handbook can provide protection to the employer. And I'd, I'd like to just dig into that a little bit more. Um, is this something that they can, uh, an employer can use directly with an employee and say, you know, here's here's what you signed, here's what we've talked about, or is it actually used in, in perhaps uh, EEOC or other legal hearings that might take place? Is it is it valid in those situations? Both. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think certainly you... Um, you can start with the employee. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> an example. I mean, I, I guess maybe I can walk this one through a little bit. Uh, let's say you have an employee that's chronically late. Okay, um, mm-hmm. you could certainly, you know, sit him down and say, okay, I'm going to give you a warning pursuant to the handbook. This is your first warning. Three strikes and you're out. Uh, you give him a second warning. You give him a third warning. You let the person go. Okay. So now in the context of what you're asking, you've dealt with the employee on the handbook issue. You've, you know, mm-hmm. followed the policy, you've instructed the employee that you're following the policy. Um you know, so that's the one piece. Now, let's let's take this out a little bit further. Now the employee files for unemployment. And you say, "Well, no, I he's not eligible because I terminated him for misconduct." Okay. So now there's this dispute, basically, and you get to a hearing on this, and you, you talk to an administrative law judge, and he's going to come in and say, well, I, I didn't know, or nobody warned me, or whatever the case may be, and that's when you're going to enter your handbook into evidence and say, well, here's our policy on this, and on X date, I spoke to him, on X date, I gave him a written warning, and on X date, we terminated him, and that was all done in accordance with the handbook, which describes this as misconduct. Um, that's going to carry a lot more weight than if you don't have a handbook and you basically do things kind of willy-nilly and you don't really have a pattern or an established way of handling these things. Mm-hmm. Now, this you know, I, I don't want to say it sounds complicated, but it sounds important, and it sounds like it carries a lot of value to everybody in the relationship. If if you are starting a company or you're coming into a company that doesn't have one, can the owner or HR kind of draft an employee handbook, or are there templates, or should they use an outside source to make sure that it's done properly? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, in some businesses, I, I suppose you could possibly get by with a templated type document um 
the larger the company, usually the more intensive it has to be. So you're probably going to want to go to an outside source, be it an attorney or an HR company that does them or, or something along those lines. Um, you know, and the other thing to bear in mind is every company is different, um, and they operate under different sets of laws. I mean, in Illinois, you know, we do a lot of home health work. That's a that's a different employee handbook than, you know, the guy that repairs cars next door, let's just say. Um, it's just going to look different because there's different compliance type issues. And with regard to the employee who who signs and and agrees to the uh, to the terms in the book, let's say a company starts and there's five employees. I'm one of those first five, and I sign my employee handbook, signature page, turn it in. And over the years, the company grows. We had new departments, and now we've got 85 employees, things we hadn't considered before. There's a new handbook. Is it expected then that every employee updates their signature and, and signs on for the newest release as opposed to saying, well, I did that when I first started, I'm covered? Well, twofold answer to that, too. I mean, uh, first of all, a lot of that depends on the size of the company um, and the size of the handbook. Uh, if you have a fairly small handbook, let's put it that way, uh, you can redistribute that as there's changes and then get a new signature every year, year and a half, how, however often you amend that. Um, if you're a larger company and you have you know, a, a huge employee handbook, um, it may be better just to do amendments to it and then have mm -hmm. some kind of acknowledgement that they received the amendment. Um, you know, to to some extent, you know, if somebody signs at day one and that policy never changes, then realistically, you know, they're still on notice. Where you run into problems is if you change something and don't get a signature and then that particular policy is the one that causes the issue, that's where you might not have notice. Okay. Uh, well, um Unfortunately, what we've got here now is uh, a time constraint, and I want to thank Lance for being with me. Um, always appreciate him stopping by. Uh, let's just say this, that uh, if you have an employee handbook in place, it's a great idea to get it reviewed periodically, and to do so, don't hesitate to call Lance or his colleagues at Lavelle Law. They can be reached at 847-705-7555. Email addresses are also available at lavellelaw.com. Uh, we encourage you to stay in touch uh, each week as we cover new topics here on Chicago's Legal Latte. Uh, all of our past discussions are archived for you at Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at lavellelaw.com. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.